Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On tonight's show, photographing wildlife, cinematographer and wildlife cinematographer Ignacio Walker has filmed killer whales, elephants, and lions. Tonight, he tells us how to capture what Henri Cartier-Bresson called the decisive moment of your cat. And the render's dilemma. If you bitch too much to your landlord, can you get thrown out on your ass? That question will be answered in more formal legal language by Chancellor Almansor, Executive Director of the Housing Rights Center. I'm Adam Felber, relentlessly trying to keep our show's lens focused. And now, please welcome the woman whose F-stop is never stopped, Paula Poundstone! Well, thank you so much. Welcome, Paula, and a big welcome to tonight's house band, Celtic harpist Aiden McDonald. The perfect tone for oh, this abso- evening. Oh, absolutely. It's a civilized show that we have tonight. Now, um... Let's get right to the civilization, particularly Hawaiian civilization. I notice you're holding a bag of chips. I'm often holding a bag of chips, but tonight I'm holding a bag. And opening a bag. And opening a bag of Hawaiian chips. The claim on this, this is uh, the, the Hawaiian kettle-style potato chips. The Sweet claim, Maui on- onion flavor, our favorite here, by the way. It is my favorite. Uh, the claim on the bag here says, open a bag of Hawaiian kettle-style potato chips and you'll imagine yourself sailing on the blue waters of the Pacific headed towards an island of tropical paradise. So yes. I'm going to, I just opened the bag. That's all you had to do Yeah, was open the bag well, and it will create. Yeah. In, in fact, y- one of their other claims is open a bag of Hawaiian-style kettle potato chips and let yourself be swept away to a tropical paradise of beautiful sunset luau's mahalo. Ooh, that. These are the claims of these people. And as our listeners know, you like to investigate the claims of advertisers for their veracity. Yes, yes. And I have to say, I opened it seconds ago. Can I try opening it too? And unless the. Oh, I ripped it a little bit. Pacific looks an awful lot like the place we used to tape the podcast on Miranda Street. Well. I don't think I've traveled anywhere. You want to go peek out the door? I mean, maybe we've been transported. I, I think not. It's, it's conceivable that there'd be a place like this it in Hawaii. It didn't say, it, it, it said you, that you would be, wait, wait let, me get the, let me get the quote correctly. I've got another quote here too. It said, and you'll imagine yourself sailing. It didn't say sailing right. within the building that you're in. Right, It no, didn't it say didn't. your building will become a boat. It says, imagine yourself sailing on the blue waters of the Pacific, yeah. headed towards an island Oh, yeah, there's plastic over there. We are on the Pacific. Um, <laughs> uh, headed towards and an it, island of tropical paradise. This one goes as far as to say that we'll be swept away to a tropical paradise. Swept away. 
Mm. And I guess from this point on... But is it just from opening the bag? I mean, I'm eating the chips now, trying right. to enhance my experience. Yeah. But the promise here... Well, it's just you open the bag. You don't even, you can dump them out the car window. And we love these chips. I love these chips. These are the best chips that we have. I have not traveled one fucking inch since I've eaten them. I'm, I'm waiting. You know, maybe it just takes a while. It doesn't say you'll be instantly swept away. Let me it just, says you'll be swept away. Let me just check back in. Yeah. Open a bag of Hawaiian kettle style potato chips and you'll imagine yourself, you know. Well, that, that right. bag says you'll imagine yourself. But um, our crack research staff says that there's another claim that says, let yourself be swept away to a tropical paradise. That's oh, another right. The act no time frame whatsoever. Right. Yeah. So I, I think we should wait for it. I think it's going to happen. You know what? Hold on a minute. Um, can we just take a pause? I'm going to go get my bathing suit on. Okay. I, I just, if I'm going to be swept away. Right. Do we have what enough time for me skirt? to shave my legs as well? No, but they, you know, that's okay. It, it, it's casual in Hawaii. Yeah. 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 You uh, know, you and I were in Hawaii together. One of the first times we ever hung out was in Hawaii. No, the first time we ate these chips together, we were in Hawaii. No, the first time we ever hung out, we were in Hawaii. We were in, no, we were in Chicago doing Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Right. But we had some Hawaiian chips, and that's when we ended up in Hawaii. That's exactly not how it happened. We were eating. We were in Honolulu doing a public radio event there. Oh. No, you don't remember that? We were on the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> we were swept away. I think I'm going to have to take those chips away from you. I am. Anyway, I, I got to uh, stop eating these Paula, chips. Paula, I understand you were indeed swept you know, why away. Why don't they just say on the thing, open a bag of Hawaiian kettle chips and you'll be as big as a goddamn house in just a few minutes. <laughs> because Why don't they say like, that? Because it's the less persuasive uh, yeah. thing to put on a bag of chips. Yeah, and open them the way Adam did and the whole side of the bag falls open. Yeah, that's Adam true. tore like a... I did. Adam did a C-section on this yeah. Hawaiian chips bag hey, and the, you'll the, give you birth know, this, to... This other bag seems to, seems to have taken your cue. It says, hey, fatso, have some of these. <laughs> <laughs> It's very insulting, but I guess, you know, it worked on you. You bought it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, Paula, I understand you were indeed swept away to a different place this past week, but it wasn't Hawaii? I was. I um. It was a hair airport in a, with a snowstorm and a puppy. I was in, okay. I, okay. I've I even said on this podcast before that I was looking for a golden retriever puppy. It's in fact, you tried to shame the entire staff of the podcast for not giving you one for Christmas. I thought you were going to give me one for Christmas. That's how I imagined With no it. no evidence. I imagined coming, uh, you know, out of my bedroom on Christmas morning and seeing a stocking hung with care. And, yeah. uh, and a puppy and a, inside. And a golden retriever puppy inside. Now, as I've told you before, most of us feel like you probably have enough pets already. I don't. Well, yeah, now do you? I don't. I took a measure. I don't. <laughs> um, now I might. So, all right. So I had been looking for one for a while. Um, and someone hooked me up with a rescue place. Okay. Um, and by the way, a rescue place outside of Chicago, Illinois. Right. Now, the reason I didn't just do a rescue place in Los Angeles, I had tried that once before. I was looking for a German shepherd at right. one point. And I went through a rescue place. The form that I had to fill out, I adopted three children, ladies and gentlemen, and I did not fill out as many forms as I did to adopt in Los Angeles. A, a puppy they from really a, make you go through, jump through some hoops. It's insane. Yeah, it's they want to know like, uh, you know, what college the dog is going to go to, and it's right. not easy to Photoshop a puppy's face On onto a an athlete. Yeah. Um, and so that was challenging. Uh, 
Yeah, it was just so much filling out forms and silliness that I was like, you know what, I'm not doing that. You're going to get yourself a puppy from somewhere else. Where they so that's what I thought would happen. Then, it t- of course, it turns out this I met someone who said, oh, you won't have to do that. And next thing I know, I get sent a form. A, right. A, not, and in, in fact, it was even worse than the German Shepherd form. How oh, so? It actually said um, that I needed to list every companion animal I had ever had. And then it's. That's every pet it means. Right. And then in parentheses, it said. I already said, see it saying a per- companion animal. That's a red flag right there. Right. Yeah. Like, right. Why not just pet? say pet? Yeah. Right. Um, in parentheses, it said, even those. Who've gone across the Rainbow Bridge. The Rainbow Bridge. Yeah. So list all your pets, even the dead ones, is what right. it was right. exactly. basically saying. And then, of course, if I listed every dead pet, I, I you know, I'm 15. No, you I'm, maintain a stock, a I'm, rotating stock of about 15 to 20 cats at all times. I'm 59. I've had a lot of pets. Yes. It doesn't mean that I'm like a cat axe murderer. It would come across like that if you filled out that form. I think it would yeah. if I said, oh, and then Ruffy's buried over there. You would have to see, um, right, like, see attachment W. Yeah. Arsenic or- and old tassel. That's. Uh- <laughs> All right. There's a long story short, if that's possible. It is. Not. Um, I get hooked up with this place. I was working in Charlotte, North Carolina the night before, and I was going to fly to Chicago, uh, get driven to this rescue, pick up a puppy and and bring it back. Because you located a golden retriever puppy. It was a golden retriever mix, but yes, golden retriever puppy. Now, so now we're going to have to get to what it's a mix of, because I worry yeah. for you. <laughs> you want to you tell our listeners what this is a mix of? Uh, iguana. It's a golden retriever it's iguana not an mix. Iguana. Yeah, it is. No, an iguana yeah. would probably be more manageable. No, it's a golden you're, retriever in... chameleon. There's times you can't no. even see it. All right, I'm going to have to tell our, uh, our no, listeners. No, I'll tell them later. Okay. All right, so... <laughs> all right, so... First of all, I land in Chicago in the midst of a huge snowstorm. Okay. And already I'm like, uh-oh. But kindly, this woman who picked me up at the airport does this harrowing drive in the snow to the rescue place. We pick up the puppy, go back to the airport. And of course, uh, this is when the cancellations and flight delays begin. So me and the puppy were in the airport for almost 24 hours, and I had bought... At one point, I went to- 24 hours? Yeah. In the, in the, I, we were not the only, I mean, there were thousands of people. My puppy was the emotional support puppy for- For the entire terminal. For, yeah. American but Airlines loved her. you didn't choose to like, take out a hotel or anything. You just stayed in the airport for, for like 24 hours. Yeah. I, we didn't stay in a hotel. We, okay. um, cause I thought I was getting out at 630 in the morning. And so I Is thought, okay. Is this puppy housebroken yet? This puppy's not housebroken. Okay. So, uh, is I was, it airport broken? It is not airport broken, <laughs> I found out while we were going through the security. We're going through security. You have to take the dog out, but you have to. And I had bought a banana that I had shoved in the top of my computer backpack. I'm not convinced this <laughs> banana detail is going to go anywhere. But. Not entirely zipped up, though, because okay. I couldn't zip anymore because I, I didn't. It, it was full. So, Every time I leaned down, the goddamn banana fell out of my backpack. So now we're going well, through in the morning. Detail. We're going through the security. You have to take the dog out. You have to put the, the carrier through. And that was when I realized when I the dog had pooped in the carrier, okay. which makes sense. And then I, well, yes. so I'm cleaning that up as fast as I can. I put the dog down. When I lean down to put the dog down, the banana falls out of my backpack. The dog pees on the floor. On the banana? Not on the banana. I managed to bring the banana all the way home. 
Okay. Uh, okay. So, and and I by would've, the way, the dog is. I might have left the banana out no, of the, the story. No, the banana entirely. is significant. It the isn't. banana. The entire story turns on the it, banana. It, it does. This is the story of a banana making a trip from Chicago <laughs> to L.A. This is the story of a banana and its friend. Um, <laughs> so the dog uh, is a part. She's part. Golden Retriever, and part Newfoundland. Right. So from the time I took her out to clean the dog waste in the carrier and went to put her back in, she had outgrown it. Yeah, that's happen. how fast. They grow fast. That's how fast that dog is growing. I gotta say, you have a small house, smallish. I house. do. I have a small house. And yeah. you have 14 mm-hmm. cats. I have 14 cats. And you have pod dogs. Serious here. I have Who's a, a pod dog. dog? Uh, Who is, uh, yeah, we don't know what she And is. you are adding to that somewhat cramped menagerie. A Newfoundland. Well, it's not entirely Newfoundland. Yeah, but it's going to be entirely gigantic within a few months. Yeah. Yeah. We're not entirely, you know, we think it's Newfoundland. Um, what I'm going to have her do is spit into a test tube yeah. and have her 23andMe done. Right. They'll let you know. Of course, what, if it's a Newfoundland. Because then you send it to 23andMe, and as we've learned on this show, they will come back and let you know exactly what color your dog is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've be already been helpful. told. We've, we had a, a, a guest on a few weeks ago that um, talked about genetics. And yes. one of the things that he said was the whole 23andMe uh, Ancestry.com thing it's is like 90% bullshit. Garbage, yeah. And so my manager Captain and co-producer, Crinkle, Bonnie, Burns. Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, told us tonight that she just did her. 23 and me. She just did I the said, spitting. Right. But this is after we've been told that it was 90% bullshit. Yeah. And but what, don't forget, Bonnie was impressed that 23 and me was able to tell her, her daughter right. that she had dark hair. Yeah. Bonnie's daughter did tw- the 23 and me thing. Uh-huh. And then when they got the readout about it, the, the readout said that her daughter had brown hair. Yes. And, you know, Bonnie's me- amazed. Like she, her but it was fascinating. Yeah. yeah, she told How this to us. How do it know? She told yeah. this to us with absolute fascination. Whereas, and and I am by far not a perfect parent, but I will say this: the way I identify my children's hair color is was not, not through science. Is not through science or filing any kind of forms. Right. And by the way, the other thing, Captain Crinkle, is that now they the government has your DNA because those companies have said that they would give that information to the government. So that so you, Great. you're gonna have to you, you find an underground there. place to hide when it all comes down. Yeah, when Can it lines I just, out, line you up against the wall and me and Paula just don a couple of fake mustaches and get away with it. Yeah, Bonnie exactly. Burns is be I just up. wanna say to you that when you're living a handmaiden's tale. Right. Uh, when you're crinkling a wimple. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame us. We warned you. <laughs> yeah. I mean the guy sat right across from me at this table. In fact, right now I'm gonna make a a balloon animal no, of the not. geneticist guy. Okay. He sat right across from me and said it's 90% bullshit. And Bonnie came with nothing but pride, not a nuance of irony today. Yeah, today it said that she just... Yeah. You know, I just did my 23 I just spent a whole afternoon spitting in a cup. <laughs> Great she part. said it was hard. She said it was hard, too, the part where you spit in the cup. She knows nothing about her own personal background. Yeah. And she, I said, well, I've heard people say they found cousins before. She goes, oh, I don't want to find a cousin. <laughs> 23 and me has become like the fidget spinner of the adult set. Honestly, yeah. it's just something to do. Something useless. I met an audience member who told me that she had done hers. Maybe we talked about this before. She found out she was part Neanderthal. 
I'm like, what on earth are you going to do with that? Like family reunions? Yeah. You know, just like, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't, don't make sure you carpet the, the whole house because there's going to be some knuckle dragging at that family reunion. I, I, I got to expect <laughs> that either we're all part Neanderthal or none of us are. That sounds like a- All or none. Yeah. But that's like the, that's like a, the second Avengers movie. What? The all or none? Yeah. Right? Don't you remember? We're all gonna, we're oh. all gonna, you know, we're all gonna die, or we're all gonna fight, or we're all gonna. Don't you remember? Yeah, that? I remember that. Yeah, yeah it was a oh, beautiful yeah. quote. Terrible movie. It was a terrible movie. Yeah, yeah. it was. Okay, we agreed but this... on that one. Now you're making a balloon animal, and again, I'll say that you now make shapes, but you don't seem to know what shape you're making as you're making it. What do you mean? I don't know what shape I'm making. Well, what are you making? I'm making the geneticist who said that I'm 23 and me was 90 percent bullshit. Okay, um, that's not him. That doesn't look like any. Oh, shit. This is his cousin. Okay, oh, my mistake. Well, the genetics are similar. I could understand why you'd yeah. make that mistake. No, there he is. That's him. Do you right. see him? So you've got a Newfoundland in your house now. And, yeah, uh, and I do. Now, that doesn't look like him. That's him exactly. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we'll Hello, get a picture Adam. of that. Hello. <laughs> why don't you put the he geneticist down? He had a really down? long tongue. <laughs> <laughs> a really long yellow tongue. Adam. And yeah. what's, I don't even want to ask what this part is here. Oh, he had a thing where he had tried to have his ear pierced and he didn't clean it carefully. Oh, so that's got that bumpy thing. Bumpy yeah. thing oh, on it's his awful. Ear. It's awful. It's gross. I don't remember seeing it. And I, he yeah. was sitting right next to me. Yeah. Okay, now, Paula, Anyways. what's new on the language front? You've got Oh, something man. Worse. Have I been working hard uh, on behalf of both myself and the listeners uh, to improve, uh, you know, part of it's just my all out fight against emojis. I've been working to improve my vocabulary and that of our listeners. Right. You're bringing us a new word every week. Right, exactly. Why say good when you can say extraordinary? That's my feeling. Why say many when you can say numerous? Right. So what I do is I open up the dictionary and find a word that I'm not familiar with, and I make it my own. Okay. So So what do you got for us this week? This week's word is Pentateuch. Pentateuch. Uh, It's a noun that means the first five books of the Old Testament collectively ascribed to Moses and consists of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's a good word to have in your back pocket just to pepper your daily discourse. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Okay. Put that Pentateuch down and get in here. That's That's one. I guess that could be useful if you've got a recalcitrant child who likes reading the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. You see, you're going to need that. Jimmy, you put that Pentateuch down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, here's another one. I warn you, uh, no Pentateuch for a whole week. (laughs) Aw, oh, Dad! Nope, nope. <laughs> you can't be trusted to put the Pentateuch down when I tell you to put the Pentateuch down, Jimmy. <laughs> no Pentateuch for you. But, Dad, what Moses here says... I don't care what Moses <laughs> says. I'm the dad. Here's another... Ask Moses if he'll give you his allowance. Here's another uh, uh, yeah. good use for Pentateuch. Nice domestic uh, scene we did there. Bill Barr will soon release a redacted version of the Pentateuch. Oh, I see. Yeah. You made it topical. I did. I made it a little bit topical. Yeah. I think that's going to be topical for a long time. I think when people think about people, uh, about someone covering up some of what is within any document. uh, They're going to say it's a Bill Barr They're going to think Bill Barr. Right. Yeah. In the same way that when you think of, uh, you know, when when you think of somebody who rats you out, you think Linda Tripp. Right. Yeah. Do you think Bill, Bill Barr has Linda tripped himself? Yeah. Bill Barr has become an adjective. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, uh, but now being used with Pentateuch. Pentateuch! That makes sense to me yeah. because, you know, uh, the five books of Moses, there's five of them, Penta and Took. 
Oh, I didn't even break it down that way. Oh, you didn't even I see just, the Penta part Penta of it? Penta took. Like Pentagon and stuff no, like that? didn't no, even think didn't about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. So we've just completed the genesis of tonight's show. Coming up, Exodus, in which our guests attempt to part the Red Sea of Miranda Avenue and make it to the promised land, their cars. I give them a 50-50 shot because <laughs> our muscle tonight is Tony Anita Hall. Yeah. But first, we talk with them. We're, usually we have a young, strapping, virile guy. Jonah but, Knuckles Glickman. But every now and then, Jonah can't make it. And so we just push Tony Anita Hall out into the scary streets of... <laughs> I know. We, got Mar- make, we, we make tell sure ourselves it's get- okay because we've renamed her on those occasions Tony Anita Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah, wait, wait till you see what happens if she gets angry out there. Oh yeah, it's just look out Miranda Street. Anyway, and uh, first we're going to talk with cinematographer and wildlife cinematographer Ignacio Walker, and he's going to advise us on how to photograph animals, especially since you have some new ones in your life, Paula. And then Chancela Almansor, executive director of the Housing Rights Center of Los Angeles, gives renters like Paula tips on how to deal with landlords. That's all coming up on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone right after this mellifluous heartbreak. Uh, Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There, there's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds, yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so co- it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. <laughs> Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get 14-karat uh, gold jewelry and, like, all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. 
I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> 
don't want to take Adam's word for it, well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it, but his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's, it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression, um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay. So earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber fill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling <laughs> because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, you know that already, and you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. True. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Oh, thank you for, for that. That island was mellifluous. Now I feel like I'm being transported to an island. Yeah, I do. That was mellifluous. Yeah. Much it more was. so than those chips. Absolutely. It was, it was downright Pentateuchish. Yeah. Was it? I kind of felt like uh, I, I was reading the last few lines of the Pentateuch. Right. Do you see how which, you just throw which, that in your conversation? By the way, I don't remember how the Bible ends, but it's not exciting. It's not like a whodunit. No, but this it is what this is. It gets duller and duller as it goes this on. This is the Old Testament, though. Yeah, I'm talking about the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah. When you get to Deuteronomy and Numbers, you're just sort of like, 
Okay. And I feel like that, that's two books worth of end credits there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. by the time it's it, the last, I believe the last line of the uh, Old Testament is just, ah, <laughs> go do something. <laughs> anyway. Enough. Enough with the Old Testament. Go. 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 Write a New Testament or something. I don't care what. All right. Nobody Listens to Paul Poundstone is sponsored in part by HelloFresh. HelloFresh makes conquering the kitchen a reality with deliciously simple recipes. Fresh pre-measured ingredients and easy-to-follow six-step pictured recipe cards are delivered to your doors each week. All meals come together in 30 minutes max, call for less than two pots and pans, and require minimal cleanup. There are three plans to choose from. Classic, veggie, and family. And Paula... Now that they have decided that the sidekick gets in on this action, too, I want to say I love HelloFresh. Me and my daughter Tosha made, uh, what was it, a uh, risotto. A risotto. The other night. That oh, was risotto's so fun. Delicious. I've made risottos. They're and fun to make. By the way, it says here that um, it, it minimal cleanup is required. Well, the truth is no cleanup is required if you don't mind living with if, you know, food and pans pa- in your sink and right. on your counter. So, you know, no cleanup is there's, required. There's no... There's no law that says you have to clean up. That's what I'm saying. And you know, in fact, there are laws that say that you have to clean up to, yeah, a, to really? a certain extent. Yeah. yeah you no, know, I didn't know. When that. it becomes a health hazard. Uh, yeah. But it wasn't hard to do at all. It no, was, no, no. I love and it. it. And you know what? So now that I've yummy. had a few deliveries, um, as a guy who loves to cook, you know, I love to cook. You're not, you're not somebody Adam who loves, loves to, cook. to cook. I love to cook. And I feel like now I've got a handle on making Mexican food that was not one of my specialties before now. But I've had two different Mexican recipes. They were both delicious. And now I kind of get sort of the whole, yeah, Mexican cooking, you got to start with the onions and the peppers together thing. So you've discovered the backbone of Mexican cooking as a result of your home A fresh. couple of the backbones, of, yes, of Mexican cooking. As a result of HelloFresh, now I've been making more Mexican food by myself, and it's really fun. Um, and those recipe cards, I've saved some of them because they're really good and they are replicable. Yeah. You know, you can, you can go to your local grocery store and make that thing again. I could make those pineapple chicken um, quesadillas that I made again. I did make them again, and they were delicious yeah. the second time, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. And did you clean up afterwards? Yes. Yeah, because that's, uh, a little bit of it is required. <laughs> you know, when, when Tosha and I made the risotto, we actually enjoyed the cleanup. She, my oldest daughter, she had come over, and uh, and I wasn't even planning on making dinner for either one of us, frankly. Um, I just I opened the refrigerator and the and the bag of the HelloFresh stuff was there, and I just sort of took it out and was sort of looking at it. And then we almost spontaneously began to uh, like we joined in and we're making stuff. We it's like the way a musical number starts in musicals. Very much Except so. It was, it was a it cooking was, number. It was just like a little tap, and then the next thing you know, um, we took turns being the sous chef for one another. That's and, nice. And uh, I'm not a great cook. I have to read everything over and over again, and she does too. And so it was a, it was a. Uh, that was magical. It, it, you know what? It was, uh, it made for a very excellent Tosha memory, in addition to a delicious meal. Fantastic! And you know what? Listen to this. You're gonna love this, Paula. But yeah. this is really for our listeners. For a total of eighty dollars off, that's twenty dollars off your first four boxes. Visit HelloFresh.com/slash/poundstone80. And enter the promo code, same thing, Poundstone80. Oh, that's a great deal. That's all you got to do, HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone80, code Poundstone80, a total of $80 off your first four boxes of this. And if you do four boxes, you will want more boxes. 
Now, if you happen to be a listener that really enjoys Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, um, then perhaps you're already aware that uh, advertising is one of the ways that we're able to stay on the air. And so this is a perfect opportunity. If you also like HelloFresh or you want to try out this uh, fresh food delivery that you prepare in your own home, this is the – it's a – It's a twofer. It's a twofer. It's a twofer. I was going to say it was a trifecta minus one, but twofer is a good way of saying it. It's a pentatook minus three. Yeah. It's it's like, boy, I'm... Yeah, it is. It's Pentatukish. It's Pentatukish. So anyways, yeah, what is it again? HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone80. And the code is Poundstone80. Try it out now. Thank you, House nice. Band Aiden McDonald. You know, Aiden, we're, if we um, reminisce about anything on, on this show, we're going to need you, okay? Like that time. Oh, that is nice. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that night where I was by your bedside reading to you from the Pentateuch? Well, yes, I remember it like it was just yesterday. <laughs> Paula, read me another Bible story. <laughs> okay, back back to reality, back to back to now. Now, Paula, there's an amazing new series on Netflix. It is amazing. You know what? And and I want to let our listeners in on something. Like we endured what is my least favorite favorite Marvel movie the other night, so that we could review it for our listeners. Avengers Age of Ultron. Yes. And the thing that was the most entertaining that night was after we watched the movie as a treat, we put on. Uh, this brand new Netflix series, Our Planet. It was, and that was the best part of the night. It was spectacular. Uh, it's so, just so beautiful. Yeah. And I can't really figure out exactly how they do it. And the truth is, you know, they get these like intimate moments with animals. Uh, and I try to yeah, make... Yeah, the, the animal photography is... And, and the... the plant and natural features it's just beautiful yeah it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen i i I make a lot of cat videos right and uh i i can't get a good photograph of a cat you can't get a good still photograph of a cat no no and let alone a video you're right exactly so uh this brings us yeah so we figured that we could bring on somebody and it's kind of like bringing on a howitzer to kill a mosquito because we're bringing on an actual cinematographer and wildlife cinematographer to help you shoot your cats. If this series doesn't win like everything in a category of such a thing that they could win. <laughs> I, you well, know, they should put em- that on the box. Emmys of the, of- or <laughs> if this, this, if you, you, I'll tell you something, you turn this, you put on this series and Our you're planet. swept away to a bag of chips. Uh, <laughs> sort of the opposite. Of, well, uh, let's find out the secrets of filming wildlife. Ignacio Walker has worked for Netflix, National Geographic, and Discovery Channel as a wildlife cinematographer and also as a cinematographer in three feature films. His cinematography has taken him underwater and into the skies. And as a result, he has become both a professional diver wow. and a certified drone pilot. Please welcome Ignacio Walker. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, welcome, Ignacio. Now, now your footage of wildlife, it's just extraordinary. Paula, on the other hand, as we said, can't film her cats. What tips can you give her for filming animals? You know what's funny? First of all, a friend of mine started filming his cat 
And then he put one of these pieces of David Attenborough's narrating this lion, right? <laughs> right. Next to... Uh, oh, that must be great. With the cat footage. And it looks one of the most hilarious and amazing sequences of yeah. wildlife I've ever seen. So it's way better than anything anything I think I've that, seen. Sorry. That's great. Well, I saw it because the one, the one that you worked on for this Netflix show is, is the Freshwater. Yeah, so I worked in the desert episode, Deserts to Grasslands and Freshwater. In Freshwater, I got to dive underwater with snakes in Colombia and, you know, did some drone footage and, and land filming as well. Wow, and diving with snakes. There was, the, I saw the jaguar part. What was the thing that he finally ate? It was a caiman, I believe. Yes, I didn't work on that sequence. Oh, because it looked yeah. like a crocodile. You know, I find as I'm watching it that I'm like, he was trying to eat, what is it, capybaras? Or um, is that that? Is that that? So in that dance? sequence, the jaguar is eating the caiman. Uh, but before that, he's trying to eat something else. I can't and he really keeps remember. Lo- he keeps he keeps not being able to catch it. And I kept shouting at the screen, "Run away! Run away!" Until he ate this thing called a caiman, which looks like a it's it's got to be related to a crocodile or an alligator. It's creepy and awful. And that one, I was like, "Get him, jaguar! Get him!" <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. You wouldn't think a jaguar would catch a, a caiman, right? They look right. deathly and big and, you know, full of teeth and whatever. And, yeah, exactly. And one of my colleagues filmed that sequence. It's beautiful. You have no idea how hard it is just to get there and then to be there witnessing and being the right place in the right moment and having the camera running in focus. It's just, it really is a miracle it working in this business. It must take a ton business. of patience, right? Patience and, yeah, a hell of a lot of patience. Because when I try to do my cats, um, oftentimes they're just fat and lazy and they, they're just sleeping and they don't move and they're under a chair. Now, how do you, right, to get what they got in that sequence, like how long would you have to wait and, and how far away from that jaguar are they? Yeah, well, usually uh, for, you know, animal behavior sequence, you have to be there like for a month waiting for the right moment to happen. For one sequence. Wow. For, for one sequence, usually. Wow. Yeah, that's the least amount of time you would but usually Why does it for. take a month? Do you, fi- yeah. do you have to understand the animal's habits? Uh, like- basically, yeah. You ha- just, just to get there, you know, it will take you a few, three, two or three days. And, and then you have, you know, to learn to read the environment, you know, and then you have the weather factor if it's raining every day and then you only have one real week of filming. So all those factors come into place when you have to shoot wildlife. And, but yeah, the, the main thing is understanding the animal behavior. Usually most of the people that work in this industry know a lot about wildlife, obviously, so we can mm-hmm. predict behavior and so on. We know, you know, mammals, for example, uh, will hunt every day, right? Sure. On opposed yeah. to reptiles, which right. will hunt, you know, once a month or so, depending on the animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to be very, you know, observing those those behavior constantly. And, and the hardest thing, like, for example, in the jaguar sequence, is that they're in the middle of the very dense jungle. So if you yeah. can right. see the shots, you know, he barely gets any shots until the jaguar jumps into the river with the caiman and gets his prey. But it's really, it's really like a miracle being in the right place at the right moment and so not Paula getting needs eaten to be more by the jaguar. Is what I'm hearing. Even to shoot the cats in her house. Totally. Yeah. They're, yeah. Over, they're under the chair <laughs> in the corner, and it's. And well, they it's, have to move sometime, Paula. You know they eat and you know they poop. It's fat, and I should film in the litter box. Uh, no, you yeah, should. <laughs> but I think what we're talking about, if I, if I, I don't want to put words in Ignacio's mouth, but like. You wait until that cat starts moving towards the litter box, and you wait as long as it takes till that happens. Is that right? Yeah, but there, there's a secret I can share with you, Paula. Yeah, thank you. Oh, okay. You can, you can also buy camera traps. So you just lay the cameras in your house, and when the oh. cats start moving, 
they will catch some cool behavior. Oh, do you do that? Uh, like, you, yeah, you, you, for the series, actually, in the forest episodes, the it's a, a Russian tiger that eats like 600 of those in the wild, very, very rare yeah. species, uh-huh. and then your species, of course. Yeah, it's uh, like my cat Wednesday. And then, and then you know, they no, sent not. cameramans and everything, right. but it was really, really a long shot to get those footage and the camera traps. It proved to work better because mm-hmm. then, you know they're just 100 of the time working uh, upon movement, right? So and they got these really beautiful shots. So how uh, close do you usually get to your subjects, or does it vary by the animal? It really depends on the You're animal. You're not nearly but as close as it looks on the screen. Yeah, no. With mammals, it's usually you have to be within in between 15 to 100 meters. 100 meters. So, Paula, you're going to have to ask your your neighbors who are building that house next door oh, if you can kind of like yeah. you can film out their window. <laughs> yeah, I could so just that you're not set disturbing a, your cats. I could set up a headquarters yeah. there. Right. Now, what? Okay, what part of the of the freshwater one did? did you do so I can ask you more specifically about so it was the Colombia sequence in the river called Caño Cristales which is known to be one of the most beautiful rivers in the world also known as the Rainbow River Rainbow River full of colors you know this violet reddish beautiful plant called Macarena grows oh yes yeah in some time of the year and it you know it blooms underwater underwater but in a very shallow surface so it's shallow enough to be you know getting all the sunlight that it needs but not deep enough to get drawn as, as most so were plants you would diving do. or snorkeling to get those shots? I had to snorkel for you that. Snorkel we for we couldn't get all the gear there. And uh-huh. it was very shallow. I mean, I had to dive in some caves that, you know, this river, ha- it's made of limestone, so it's full of caves. And oh, those caves. caves look scary. They are. They are actually. A, a, a tourist drowned there like years ago. Oh, but obviously we take all the precautions and everything. You know, I was with a stream of a rope or whatever. Right. Uh-huh. But you were diving in uh, those caves. Yeah. Did you find the tourist? Uh, no. <laughs> no, okay. Now, when you're filming, do, does does what you're filming ever see you and, like, run away? Like, Well, the river didn't run away, thankfully. Not the river, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> but when, when, you're shooting, when you're shooting wildlife, uh, for example, not for this series, for another series, we're shooting um, orcas, killer whales in Argentina, oh, wow. in Patagonia. Uh-huh. And in this case, you know, you have to be in the beach... Yeah. waiting in the beach for a month, which sounds really nice, but yeah. It's, yeah. it's really not. No. <laughs> because, you know, you have to crawl down the beach for one kilometer or so or one, yeah, but almost every, a mile. Every, what do you have to every crawl? Every 20 meters or so, you can order yeah. a drink, right? Of course, you, of you, course. Wait yeah. a minute, yeah. you crawl? <laughs> you crawl with all the batteries, the camera, the food that is usually because not very good. Because you can't stand up because of the weight of the equipment? Because of, no. That's <laughs> where you need your team working, Nisio. No, the reason, that's the reason is we Is there a guy on the trip that isn't pulling his weight? <laughs> well, I was actually you know, the helper in that sequence. Nobody listens to this podcast, so you can tell us if there was a guy not doing his job on your trip. I yeah. don't think that's that would what be he's me. saying. There's a reason no. for calling. Let's find out what it is. Is that the guy that you dangled just outside of the the mouth of the Jaguar, the guy who wasn't doing his job? Fred. Yeah, Fred. <laughs> I, I'm not allowed to talk about you that. Know, Fred. We can't talk about Fred. Fred, the He's lazy cameraman. He's at the bottom cameraman. of a limestone cave now. <laughs> um, so now, now I'm going to try to keep Paula from interrupting you. What? Why were you crawling? So, yeah, the fact is that this beach He was is a broken man. No, That's yeah. why he was crawling. <laughs> he was crawling because it was too long to be on the beach. Is that correct? Uh, it, was, it was too you, nice you to be like standing. You had the lawn chair and the thermos. Yeah. And the, and your camera. Uh, and, and, you know, the sunbathe and everything, which yeah. is so nice. So you're sneaking up on an animal or something? Exactly. Yeah, so you're sneaking up on an animal with a bunch of equipment crawling? Yeah. So the whole show is full of sea lion pups and uh-huh. sea lions, you know, harems and everything. Right. So the, the point of crawling sea lion through the... harem? 
no, didn't know no, that. No, a harem of sea lion. A harem of sea... I didn't know they called it that. Ah, I'm a not harem sure. Of well, they lions? don't call it that. It's the right word. Oh, yeah, no. the family. The, the sea, sea lions don't have a word for it because they're yes, sea they lions. Yes, they do. What's their word for it? Harem. Okay. And they feel good about it. <laughs> All right, fine. All right, fine. So, okay, so you're crawling. So we are crawling not to scare them because basically right. by the time the orcas, the killer whale, get there, uh, if you scare the sea lions to the water, they won't be there anymore to film. Oh, so you yeah. have to be very, very cautious on not scaring the families of sea lions. Yeah. So the sea lion pups get into the water, so you make sure the orca actually get uh, his or her meal. So you're, so wait you're a trying minute. not to disturb. <laughs> Whose side are you on? So if you made noise, you could have saved those sea lions' yeah. lives. Oh totally. But you needed to get a shot of sea lion pups being eaten by an orca. Exactly. Does yeah. anybody... <laughs> Is What's wrong any, with us? Is, no. there, is there anyone on your crew that has any kind of heart that might, as you crawl past the baby sea lions, go, Psst, don't go in the water? Yeah, he got fired. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's Fred, Fred, the lazy, Fred, the lazy cameraman. The one we don't yeah. talk about. He's wow. like, like Puff, don't run for your lives. Do you ever do you ever feel like, oh, when you... Yeah, you know, you, you, you go to these locations to a very strong ethical... Um, how do you say code mm -hmm. uh, not to disturb the animal we are there to witness we don't want to disturb the animal we want the life cycle to be as it is and capture it without a, any intermission they, that makes sense yeah, yeah. We, what we see cannot be the result of our presence there uh -huh. right it's yeah. like Star Trek's prime directive Star Trek is like that? Yeah. They, oh, I didn't realize it. Civilizations, if you did, to not interfere. They violate oh, right. it all the time, though. Yeah, they do. I did. have a feeling yeah. that Ignacio <laughs> is, is way Kirk better than... Uh, fuck every female alien that he possibly could? That's yes, screwing with, that's screwing with the, the environment with the, a little yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I saw in the freshwater thing, it was a larva. Of, yeah. I forget what it was a larva of, but the larva itself had a life. And it clings to a rock. It has little roots and it has a mouth. And it, even as a larva, it could eat. And then at one point, the wind blew it off the rock. Spoiler alert, listeners. And it had, it had a web line. They, they, they have their own safety so net. So this is an underwater larva that lives in a very strong river current. Right. Okay. And, you know, when, they, when the current, you know, keeps pushing them away because they're crawling through the rocks, right, right to, you know, eat the nutrients so that go through the water. To the crawling rocks. through the and rocks they, they almost a like of, a photographer. Web, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they're like climbers, right, yeah. with a safe line all the time. Right. And they keep getting, carrying away with the current. And that's, that's really amazing. And there's so many examples. So who makes the line? Which one of them they makes make the it. line? They make it. It's the they same make, as a spider. makes its own yeah. line. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Same as a spider yeah. or a... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. Like, it was, like it was but, amazing. Like, that's fantastic. Now, are you ever in physical danger? Like, I mean, obviously, in a cave, it, so it feels pretty for dangerous. This, for example, in Colombia, I had to snorkel with these snakes, you know, uh, swimming over me. But right. when you understand your environment, and, and again, this is very important for us wildlife filmmakers to have this code of ethics and, and not interfere and understand our surroundings so, so we can you take care of being, it. If you were being attacked by the snakes, would you just not fight back? Would you just keep filming? Because you go like, all right, I don't want to influence what's going on yeah. here. I'm just going to film it. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah, no, we're not marked yourself there. Yeah, yeah okay. but the thing, if, if, if you see yourself in the point that, that the snakes are eating you, it's because you did something wrong. Really? Oh, it's and so very it's punishment. Rare. Like being yeah. too tasty. 
You know, yeah, like you got too close or you were disturbing the snakes too much. Uh, I'm like in my life, I'm more afraid of crossing the street in here in LA. But you're diving, than, looking up at snakes. Yeah, there are snakes between yeah. you and your air supply. But the thing is, it's a three meter snake. So let's say a nine feet snake, right? Yeah. And you know, they eat like once a month or so, right? Right. They, oh, they won't man. eat a giant mammal that is probably as distasteful as humans are. Right. And um, Are you ever underwater and then you see a snake's calendar? <laughs> yeah, and, and, is she and, hungry today and, or not? Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, oh shit, it's the 14th. <laughs> or the snake turns around and has a little bib just yeah, under the its chin. Is a and you're like, oh, now, today's let's, the let's day. Let's be clear, a snake would have nowhere to tie but, a bib. But the thing is, you have to re have really bad luck to, you know, be in the wrong place at the right uh, at the wrong moment. Right. Okay, for to, yeah. to for something like that to happen. Yeah. So yeah. it would just be a it would uh, be a punishment that you somehow feel you had coming. Yeah, but then Well, it's my fault. Ow, <laughs> ow, ow. That's when, me being eaten by a snake, by the yeah, way. Of course. Vivid, Thank vivid. You. But when you see the guys <laughs> filming polar bears, for example, they do have flares. In case the polar bear gets too close, right? They have to, you know, film intense or whatever, so there's no refuge or they cannot run away. A bear is way faster than you are. Um, so, so they, they have, have to use flare guns to scare, them, to scare them away. Wow. Hopefully, they, they don't want to use them. Trust me, they don't want to use them. Right. But if it comes to that, they'll, they'll do it. Yeah. Without, you know, harming the polar bear, of course. You know, one of the things that would work, like if you get attacked by someone in L.A., like by a person, yeah. what you might shout to them is, I'll cut you out of the film. <laughs> and usually that. That doesn't work on polar bears. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because you, you're not going to be in the nature film. Yeah. And then the polar bear would like back way off. No, in L.A. probably work. You know, most yeah. people are actors. So. That's right. So <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to be in the scene. Yeah. So you try were... not to do any stuff that makes the animals do what you want them to do. Yeah. Or do you ever? No, 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 totally Never. no. Yeah, no, not a so chance. So you, like when I'm trying to make a cat video or even take a picture of my cat, sometimes I use the um, the stick with the elasticy string and and a cat like toy. a, a yeah. cat toy. As a you lord. never use like a, no. a polar bear toy just like, bouncing me, in front know, of the snout. You know, the snow. would be like a bait, for example. Uh -huh. You don't use baits. You don't no, use baits. Bait. Yeah. Except wow. when, you know, like attracting sharks or things like that for a very specific behavior. Mm. But but in general, you don't. Oh, you so, don't. so you might throw some chum in the water just to get some sharks to come by. Yeah, but that used to be the case. Nowadays, they usually find a better spot where the sharks, you know, they're going to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Usually they just say to the baby sea lions, go now, go now. <laughs> That'll do her. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know something I've noticed about the stuff that, that uh, from this show and the previous show, Planet Earth, um, which is part of the same series, right? It's all yeah. It, um, yeah, most of my friends worked in both. This must be a problem for you. What about bubbles when you're shooting underwater? I never see them from the diver. In, in old documentaries, like the, the you know, you'd always see the divers bubble, the cameraman's bubbles. But so, so it's rather simple actually, but it's quite dangerous. There's two ways of I mean, three ways of diving really. One is holding your breath, right? Sure. In which you have a lot of freedom and you can move really fast, but you cannot be on the water for too long, right? Maybe right. a couple of minutes or five minutes to the more expert. Uh, no, like 60 seconds for yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or 30. Maybe 30, yeah. Okay. More like 15. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I, I swim a bit. I can do, I can do 60. Uh, but then you have, you know, normal tank. It depends on, on, the, on what you're filming. 
And then you have the rebreathers, which basically they don't they show, throw any bubbles. Oh. They, they are constantly recycling the air that you're breathing. But that is a really delicate and dangerous equipment to use because mm. if it fails, you basically you know get uh, poison with the air that you're breathing and so on. So it's oh. a very delicate system to use. You want it to work then. Now Paul is not going to need a rebreather unless she wants to. You know, hide in the tub when she shoots the yeah, cats. Yeah, when I get the cats but in Kapala the water. But Kapala also has wildlife in her backyard. Do you have any tips on bees? On bees? Bees. Yeah, because they do a lot of beautiful insect. Uh, yeah. In fact, would you tell me that the jaguar finally ate the thing that was like a crocodile? The caiman. Caiman. Yeah. Um, there was this amazing shot of this really fucking vicious looking animal, right? This caiman thing. And its eyelids go sideways and it's creepy as can be. And this butterfly came down and landed on its head. Uh, it was just an amazing thing. Yeah. And then there also were a, a big, uh, like a mayfly celebration, just thousands and thousands of mayflies. So they do amazing uh, insect photography as well. And Paula has bees in her backyard. And I have bees in yeah. my backyard. That's what I was building I up mean, to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't general. think you had to. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, I was swinging long. I was using a almost Pentateuch uh, kind of uh, duration. Yes. So yes, it did feel like I just sat through a book of the Bible. Bees? Uh, just approach slowly. I mean, insects are, are fairly straightforward to film. You know, uh, if, you, if you are just waiting on the flower, the bee is going to come at some point. So just focus on the objective of the bee. Not, because if you're following oh, the bee, it's going to get all oh, out of the frame cool. all the time. I like that. Yeah, but if that's you, a good tip. When you get usually, you know, the, how do you call it, hummingbirds? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Most of the you know ultra slow motion hummingbird shots that you see in these type of sh of programs is they're waiting with the camera on the flower and they know at some point the hummingbird is gonna get there because it's a good looking flower. They yeah. just yeah. Press, yeah. press the trigger, yeah. right? Fantastic. And they have amazing flower footage. Yeah, their flower footage. Hours is great. and hours of yeah. flower yeah. footage. You've got some, but have you attempted to shoot any of the other? wildlife in your backyard you took a good picture of the dead termites on your floor oh yeah i had an infestation you know yeah uh but like have you attempted the bees i made a little bee uh film i think at one it point. sounds like what ignacio is saying is that you could get really close to those bees as long as you approach slowly right yeah and, but, and you can just leave the camera there in front of the flower or the wherever the bees are yeah and just trigger the, the camera when when they're when you see them they're close oh, I don't so you're gonna need that. some equipment paula yeah and uh, I believe Ignacio's brought a catalog by. Oh, great. To, to sell you some stuff. Um, I have to ask you this question because it, it's on the sheet in front of me, and it, I, I just, it means that you must have done this. Go for it. What's it like to film an elephant's birth? An elephant's birth? You've done this. Of course, several times. Wow. No. Of course. Of course, without saying. Now, yeah. that feels intrusive. Yeah, I don't, let I me don't. ask you something. When the elephant... Uh, <laughs> Do they break the stirrups with their hind legs when they're up like that on the table? Okay, first of all, I was kidding. I haven't filmed a, a, an You've elephant never birth. Filmed I don't think I've ever seen this question one. given to me. <laughs> I have filmed elephants. I was uh -huh. I was uh, camping in Botswana for a couple months, like I don't know, five years ago. You were camping in Botswana. In Botswana for a yeah. couple months, five years ago. My God, you yeah. Must have so many fruit that's, flyer points. That's the only way to, you know, shoot the wildlife and get the real behavior. And we, yeah. we got the chance with the people that we were, we're taking a course actually on animal behavior. Uh -huh. uh, and we had the luxury of walking by with 100, literally, literally like 100 elephants, around wow. 100 elephants. And you would see that's the cubs so cool. and the, and the matriarch and, and all right. the family gathering together. They're very shy animals. They're very beautiful, astonishing. They must notice you though. And I smart. mean, like they're, they're totally. very smart. I mean, it, 
you have to be, you know, upwind or downwind depending on on the on where where they are respected to you. Otherwise, they will smell you like from a mile away, and then wow. and then will they'll they'll just you know keep the pacing up and okay. and run away. They so don't get mad at the attack. No, no, no. If you if you get an elephant mad, it's because you're in between the mother and the cup or or things like that. Or okay. you are in between the road to drinking water or whatnot. Mm -hmm. gotcha. So again, you have or to be very... Or you're in the television. No one likes or you're watching when your phone someone while walking. stands in front of the television. <laughs> Everyone's like, sit up. Even an elephant loses yeah, patience. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, Ignacio, for pointing our lens in the right direction about filming <laughs> wildlife. Paula, you've now had the tips from a master... Wow. What advice can you give our listeners who want to film their animals? Uh, Aiden, could you give me some background music for the advice that I learned from Ignacio? That is beautiful. Ignacio gave me great advice about filming wildlife or cats in my house. He says, focus on the animal's objective, which with cats, as you know, is to hurl on the living room carpet. In the wild, you might have to stay on site for a month just waiting. Fortunately, you won't have to wait that long for a cat to hurl. It'll probably only be a few minutes. You want to stay downwind of the cats, particularly Wednesday, who spends her life avoiding the paparazzi. The minute you hear, you crawl in so the cats can't see you. And even if they try to eat you, don't influence the natural scene by fighting back. Ow! 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 Ignacio Walker is a cinematographer and a wildlife cinematographer whose work can currently be seen on a Netflix documentary, Our Planet. Thank you so much for being on our show, Ignacio. Thank you for having me, guys. That was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very Had much. Had a great time. When we come back, renter beware. What can renters expect their landlords to do for them besides raise the rent? Find out when Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone returns. The Cat of the Week is Zephyr from San Francisco, California. Thank you for sharing that musical selection, house band Aiden McDowell. Paula, um, as always, you're hitting the road this week. I'm hitting the road, Adam. And the coming weeks after that, too. Hopefully not with the puppy this time. I'm in Santa Rosa on May 18th at the Luther Burbank Center for the Arts. And on June 7th, I'm in St. Paul, Minnesota at the Fitzgerald Theater. Small world. On May 9th, one of our producers, Ken Lizabnik, has a play premiering in St. Paul. Yes, if you're anywhere in the area, the Mixed Blood Theater is presenting Autonomy, directed by Jack Ruler, an extravaganza about the disruptive effects of driverless cars on our society. It's being staged in the enormous St. Paul River Center, and the audience will move from scene to scene while immersed among 40 vintage cars. Wow. So, Ken has managed to sneak in some promotion here, and I think I did a reasonably good job of describing the show. Excellent job. Excellent. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, Paula, we've had this uh, listener contest going, you know, asking people to send us a short description of our show. Yes, because I have such a hard time when asked about the show or when I'm on a radio interview or something promoting the podcast. I cannot come up with a compelling, succinct description of the show. That's you maybe... can't come up with a compelling, succinct description of this contest. I, I, a lot of times when I go to describe our podcast yeah. when I'm being interviewed, yeah. um, my description is about the length of the Pentateuch. 
The Pentateuch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The is... five books of Moses known yes. as the Old Testament of the Bible, which is our word of the week this week. That is correct. I, you know, Pentateuch is getting a lot of mileage on this show, and it's one of the least useful words around. That's not what I'm finding, Adam. I'm finding that it's one of those words you want to have in your back pocket, you know, just ready to when pop you, it out. When I you find need that it. there's lots of ways to use uh, Pentateuch. Yeah. Uh, you know, for example, I woke up this morning feeling a little bit groggy as if I'd been hit in the back of the head by the Pentateuch. That's oh, another, that's, that's pretty good. That's another yeah. way you could use it. I like that, yeah. Yeah. Knock me over with a Pentateuch. Yes, exactly. Which is easier yeah. than with a feather. Much easier. Yeah, much, much easier. It's a, it's a big book. Yeah. Because it's five book. books in one. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, uh, needless to say, it's it's Deuteronomy, Genesis, and I forget. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, I believe, are the, are the books of I don't you. think it's Numbers. I'm pretty it sure numbers? it's Numbers, yes. It numbers? Yeah, it's Numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It, yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Okay, now- look, They're the we... books that are ascribed to Moses. Yes, the five books of Moses. Yeah. Legendarily handed down to him or something on, which makes no sense because he's the subject of those books. So you think when it was handed down to him, the, the, well, shouldn't that be the end of the book? Yeah, I, I don't want to upset you, but there's a lot of it that makes no sense. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. No, for me, that, that was the only inconsistency I could find. Yeah, no, there's some- There's, there's a couple other- uh, uh, there's a, Word or two holes that, in the plot there. Yeah, that's might a word. be a little thin. A couple other plot holes. Well, we've really, I've, you've managed to help me stray very far away from this contest we're having. Oh yeah, what's the contest, Adam? <laughs> it's to describe our show, Paula. All right, to describe our and show. And the prize is for the person, yes, but in a compelling fashion, yes. And to the listener who does that, uh-huh. we are offering a fresh bar of hotel soap. Yes, and, and, you know, we've received some uh, autograph bar of Hotel Soap, I want to point oh, out. Oh, I forgot about you that. You autographed those. Yeah. Uh, well, so we've received some terrific descriptions of the podcast. There was a tweet um, very recently from Scott Chitel, and he says, quote, Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is a prescription for laughs and advice without the six-page list of side effects. I like that. That's really good. I thought that was terrific, yeah. Here's a favorite of mine from Mary in Portland, Oregon. One man's struggle to keep Paula on topic. <laughs> Yeah, She's referring to me. Yeah, it's yeah. the Adam Felber story. It is the Adam Felber story. I'm the it's banana a, in this it's story. It's tragic Hun- a- Adam Felber story. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Manley wrote this, a structured bullshitting event. Yeah. I, I, I like it that Hunter found structure in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have good. a structure. That's, that's really yeah. the thing, which is me trying to get you back on track. Yeah. Which uh, I, Nicole Norton said, it's like being punched in the head, but you learn something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I Jim think, Bowie I said, thought, "Do you think that those are appreciative words from Nicole?" Um. Well, you learned something. It's like being smacked in the back of the head by the Pentateuch, Nicole. Yeah, and yeah. then you learned something. Yeah, and there it Jim is. Jim Bowie wrote, "Every long balloon is not a penis." Wow, that's deep. Yeah. Now that is deep. I, that I'll say two also things about refers that. to Adam Felber. That does refer to me. Well, Every really time I make a, a balloon animal, Adam feels that it's somehow phallic. Now, you know what? I want to I want to say something here because um, our listeners um, have recently been treated, thanks to Tony Anita Hall, to a picture of you fashioning a balloon animal, as Those you call it. Those pictures that Tony Anita Hall posts are never the completed sculpture. Well, in any case, this is a pink uh, creation of yours, and you did work in pink as a medium for quite a few weeks. And the response on the Facebook page and I think on Twitter of our listeners is amazing because almost every one of them looks at that picture and goes, Wow. 
That's wow, what they Paula. say. Wow. That's a penis right there. Yeah. No, that's because it's not completed. She's taking a picture. Yeah, I'm using. Are you saying that your 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 phallic balloons are being taken out of context? You know, the b- balloon animal balloons are these long balloons. They are the the long balloons, and then you craft yeah, but, them into something. Yeah, but yours so often end up just being like a long pink shaft with a little no, that's with a little bulbous thing on the end. <laughs> No, that's all you can focus on, but there's a lot that's more. That's all anybody who's seen this picture can focus on. Right, because it wasn't the completed sculpture. I think it was. Oh, Jesus. You know what? When you see this, when you see the statue of David, yeah. you're, you're one of the kids that just are like, look at his dick, right? That's no, all you can no, see. No, I saw the David in Florence and did not have that response. Bull. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd love to see your photographs from when you went there. Right, yeah, they're all like, close-ups of his junk. That's exactly yes. what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not. It's not true at all. Uh-huh. Um, I do. We'll say this about Jim Bowie's uh, uh, submission. Yeah, I do not consider it to be a description of the show. Oh, every balloon is not a penis. Like if you're on the radio and they're like, Paula, describe your podcast. Yeah. If you were to say, well. Every balloon is not a penis. Yeah. They go, oh, I'm going to listen to that. Yeah, they're not going to. Yeah. Okay, so uh, there's some more, though. Oh, sorry. Uh, Where? Oh, I like this one. From David Nolan, the world's preeminent polyhumorous podcast. Yes. Ooh, that's nice. Preeminent polyhumorous. Yeah, yeah. It's to to engage the scientists. I assume that polyhumorous means all kinds of humor. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Well, what did you think it meant? Well, because my name's Paula. Oh, I didn't even think about the oh, tri-poly oh, blend. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Captain oh Grinkle says Antonio Anita Hall simultaneously said that it's a reference to tri-poly blend. Wow, boy, that was like a trigger for them. Poly, but you know <laughs> what? I'm glad this has come up um, because I would like to let the listeners know something that I haven't mentioned in quite a while now. On my website, I have, a, uh, which is paulpoundstone.com. Yes, com. Uh, you know, as we move into the spring and, and then, of course, the summer, uh, you're going to find on there in the store section of my uh, website uh, a remarkably soft tri-poly blend T-shirt with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. And um, they're very popular right now because uh, because they are remarkably soft. Now, in the past, made I would of be a, a guy who would blend. point out that there's no such thing as a tri-poly blend. Well, there is. Well, I'm going to stop being that guy. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. let that go. Uh-huh. Letting it go. You know what? I'm going to make a balloon animal of you right now. Okay, of me letting it go? <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Before you make that balloon animal <laughs> yeah. of me letting it go, I, I please don't reach for a pink balloon. Um, <laughs> we need to pick a winner, don't we? Let's do that. Let's pick oh, a yeah. winner from this uh, this okay. list. Okay. I love Scotty's. Scotty Chidal, my buddy. Yeah. Nobody yeah. listens to Paula Poundstone as a prescription for laughs and advice without the six-page list of side effects. That's yeah, a good one. I, that is or a very good one, Or one man struggle honestly. to keep Paula on topic. I'm, I'm a fan of That's that. That's a good one, but too. ultimately, it's got to be up to you, Paula Poundstone. It's a tough call, I'll tell you. Yeah. You know, I, there's something about the acerbic nature of Nicole's. It's like being punched in the head, but you learn something. There's there's something. Uh, Captain Crinkle Captain likes Crinkle that. is applauding. Yeah. Like a goddamn seal behind me. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's making seal sounds because that's absolutely she's, called for. Yeah, she's my manager, by the way, and co-producer. I know your co-producer and manager is making seal sounds oh, behind boy. you. Boy, yeah. Well, this is before there was that website where you could um, take in applications. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what is that called? There's a few of them. What, are those, what like the what, companies where they you uh, like headhunters kind of thing? Yeah. What is it called? Yeah, Indeed's one. Yeah, Indeed's yeah, one. yeah. I found Bonnie before Indeed. Yeah, well, um, because she. Uh, you get all right. What you got. I, oh man, uh, I'm gonna. 
You're going to have to pick one, Paula. Okay, it's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people lot deserve of hotel soaps yeah, here. Yeah, there but is. Like, you know, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go with Nicole's. It's Nicole. like being punched in the head, but you learn something. Nicole think- Norton, you've just won a fresh signed hotel soap. I could just. Bonnie, stop. I just. Bonnie Burns is I just picture Nicole jumping up and down with joy. Yeah, I'm picturing that too. Yeah. Uh, so Nicole, uh, look for that. It's gonna we're gonna get in touch with you, and, and uh, that's that's a really good description of our show, I think. Yeah. Now, Paula, let's turn our polyhumorous gaze at something if else now. The plight of the renter. Now, Paula, you've been a renter for many Ooh, years. Many years. I think I've been in my house for either sixteen or seventeen years. Right. Okay. So so sixteen or seventeen years, and things are things are kind of falling apart at your house, aren't well, they? Well, things are falling apart. I mean, you know. We had a deck replaced at one point, or okay. the back porch, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's a deck back there. It's a deck. We had it replaced at one point, and and it seems to need replaced again. At least the railing um, is totally falling apart, and that's the thing that keeps people from falling off onto the ground. I feel that's an important part of the deck. And that's just one of the things. And and, and you've, many things you've always apart. had this dilemma about like how much can you make your landlord repair in your house, because you've also got this you know, fear that, like, she might kick you out, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, you know, and let me just say that we have caused, my family and I have caused some damage on the interior of the house. Right. You know, I don't think there's a door in the house that doesn't have a hole in it somewhere from a someone. A hole in it? Yeah. I had a teenage son. Teenagers don't normally make holes in doors. Oh, they do, Adam. <laughs> I'm telling you, they do, Adam. All right. Well, yeah. uh, is that standard wear and tear? We don't know. But we have an expert here to guide us through that very issue. Chancella Almansor is a public interest attorney, fair housing expert, and the executive director of the Housing Rights Center in Los Angeles. Please welcome Chancella Almansor. Thank you. Thank you. Johnson, thank okay, you. Okay, when was the last time you were introduced with a beautiful? What is it called on the harp. on the harp? It's been a minute. Glissando. Just is this the first time? This is the first time. Oh, oh yes. man, shouldn't be the last. You might yeah. want to hire a harpist because it's a great way to be introduced. Um, well, welcome. So, Thank you. Now, and, and, and a hole is not common. A hole in the door oh, is not common. A hole in the door is not common. Well, I, th- I, mean, I think I, right. I think somebody kicked the hole. No, in the, the, door. the hole in the door is common. These teenage boys. Um, I totally feel responsible for the holes in the doors, even though it was my son, not me. But uh, that I go. Okay, yeah, I should. That's on me. I got. I got the holes that. In the door that on her? I have. That I don't yes, take issue they're, with. They're on her. She, how about, she how was the, about the deck out back? Uh, the deck was there before you moved in. It was there before I moved in. She had it redone once, but I think what she did was only had the floor of the deck redone and not the not the railing. And now the railing is now becoming the, dangerous. The, rail, the railing. Well, I hold the railing up. It's the landlord's responsibility to make sure that it's safe and habitable for uh-huh. you to live in, especially if the deck was there when you moved in. So yeah. it's the landlord's responsibility to fix it. Yeah. All right. So that would be okay. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I just always worry, what if she walks through the house to see the railing and she sees the doors? Yeah, that could happen. I mean, I signed a thing when I moved in mm-hmm. saying, you know, we did what they call a walkthrough. The walkthrough, uh, um, which is a good thing. I yeah. Well, walkthrough. here's the problem with the walkthrough is that I didn't understand what it was. So I literally just uh-huh. walked through. Yeah. I didn't make note of anything that was already screwed up. But I have to say the doors were not. OK. The doors but are at really. At this point, us. it's 16 years later. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and so I guess Paula wants to know. You're you're worried that your landlady could turn around and say, "Well, you've done this, this, and this." So right. if you're asking me to fix this, you're out of here. Right? Does exactly. Paula have to worry about that? 
Yes. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, after after sixteen years, and if when you moved in, there were no holes in the doors. And okay, but so but the doors are easily replaceable. Yeah. What I'm saying is, what's considered normal wear and tear? Let's just take the doors off the table. We'll take the doors off the, where, where they shouldn't be anyway. Yeah. I mean, so the, maybe a, a the carpet, doors, a carpet that gets dirty. If yeah. you've been there for sixteen years, even yeah. wear and tear in the carpet would be normal. Yeah. If the landlord needs to paint the unit, the inside of the unit again. Um, because, you know, after years, tapes and nails and things like that, yeah. putting things up on wall, you had teenagers, they made yeah. the posters up and things like that. Right, yeah. So the landlord is able to do, you know, to kind of do those kind of things, but... What about, okay, mm. like, I had the place repainted um, once or twice on the inside. On your not, own nickel. Not every room, but yeah, because I just felt like I, I wanted to have it done. I didn't want to ask the landlord, I just wanted to have it done, and so I paid for it. Um what can I do, like along those lines, in terms of repairs or improvements without the landlord being involved? Mm-hmm. You always look at a lease agreement first. If there was a, a written lease agreement, that's the contract between the tenant and the landlord that says what the tenant can do and can't do. Yeah. I've seen lease agreements that are so specific, they say you can't even have celery or toothpicks in the garbage disposal in the sink. Oh, wow. That, really? That could result in I'm an eviction. Go- I'm going to... Yeah, that Paula has nothing that specific on her. I, I don't remember where the lease even is. It might be at my accountant's office, maybe, in case they move in. Um, wow. Is it easy to evict Paula? So I don't know how easy it would be to evict Paula, but um, if you live in a city with... I'll cling cling to those door jams. It is not going to be easy (laughs) to evict. If you live in a a rent stabilized... You've got to go downwind of me and not let me see you coming. You have to crawl crawl in if you're going to evict me. Well, good, because if you live in a rent stabilized apartment, you want to hold on to it. They're hard to come by. It isn't. It, it's, it isn't. I live in a house, uh, and uh, uh, no, that that rent goes up. And, and you mm. live in constant fear that, and, and let's really put it, you live in constant fear that if you were to complain about stuff that you really should be complaining about too much, your landlord could, could just go, you know what, you have too many pets, get out. Right. Okay, Is like that for example, that, happen? that can happen. Yeah. Even yeah. though she allows oh. pets, there's a number of pets that can be too much. So I'm not sure about the city of Santa Monica. City of Los Angeles has a law three and three. You can have three dogs and three cats in the city oh. of Los Angeles. That doesn't could, mean that the landlord can't say no to no pets. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're disabled, then the landlord you can't say no yeah. to you. Well, it's not considered a pet if you're disabled. It's, sure. It's like your prescribed prescription. You need a yeah. Okay. A, what if? Okay. Like that. what yeah. if instead of getting another cat, I got. If this were even possible, and it's not. Um, but what if instead of getting another cat, I got pregnant? Could the landlord throw what? me out? <laughs> How is yeah. that even? And I would pet the baby, and I would put it down near the bowl, and I would throw a ball for it. You just want to what pretend if... that some of your cats are, are kids, don't you? No, I'm saying, what the what is the rule about that? What if I had a baby instead mm-hmm. of getting a cat? Families with children are protected in California mm-hmm. and under the Fair Housing Act, and it's a federal law as well. So short answer is no, a landlord can't throw you out. Now, if you've had... But she's not going to have a baby. She just got another puppy, though, as we explored well, at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I did. Although I got my landlord's permission to get that puppy. Did you really? That's good. Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the form that I had to fill out insisted... Um, what if yeah, I, there's a, what another... if one of my cats got pregnant? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, has the pat has the cat been pregnant before? Is this the first litter for that? Well, cat? none of them have. They're all fixed. But I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, this technically. Is the, what are these hypotheticals um, about? Because I just want to know what's the boundary. Hmm. If the cat 
Well, if the landlord said you had permission to have the cat, mm-hmm. I don't see any problem with a pregnant cat. Now, if now that, once the pregnancy yes, results in kittens. Exactly. <laughs> then those kittens may be an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if the kittens put holes in the doors, yeah. then I'm out. I'm out on my ass. Right. You're not bringing us a ton of good news tonight, Jens. Honestly. Right, let's talk okay, about no. Paula's mold for a second. Oh, no. All right. Yeah, I have. I, there's mold in the in my walk-in closet. Um, and we had a mold expert on this show who said the one thing that you shouldn't do to get rid of mold is bleach it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. all that does is it makes the mold white. Right. It, it, it covers it, up the evidence of the mold, but it doesn't stop the mold. And what did your landlady what did your landlady do? She came she came in, she took a look, and she had her nephew bleach. Bleach it. The, uh, yeah. which I didn't know wasn't the right thing to do at that point either. It was only after that that we had the mold expert on. But we also had an allergist on who said that really people are making a bigger deal about the mold than necessary. And yet I had another friend who had to move out of their house and do all sorts of remodeling because the mold affected his wife's brain. So, um, and my assistant Wendell says that if a mold expert comes in, that they have to put you on a mold registry. What do you know to be true on the mold issue? So mold is a little bit like peanut butter. Some people can die from it, and others don't even know it's in the room. Huh. So I um, always know when peanut butter's in the room. <laughs> Are you allergic to peanut butter? No, I just like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And some people yeah. like that with mold. As soon as they walk in, they can smell it. Terrible on a sandwich. Wow. So at the very least, there is a written disclosure law. I think most states have this law that says that if a landlord knows that there's mold, they have to disclose it to you. In California, it has this law anyway. They have uh-huh. to disclose it to you in writing. Yeah. Um, or, what if it appears while you're living there? Or if it appears while you're living there, at least if it's under the landlord's control, which usually it is. Right. Um, or if there was a disaster before you move in, like a flood, that uh-huh. type of thing. A landlord has to right. let you know. Yeah. Now, if the landlord has eradicated that problem, you know, gotten rid of the mold, the landlord doesn't have to let you know. No, she hasn't. Um, I I don't think she, she took a sample, um, but I don't know what she did with it. I mean, generally speaking, she just asked her nephew to fix things or look at it. I don't think he's a mold expert. Yeah, yeah, probably not. So going back to the bleach solution, um, that is the most common way that a lot of landlords do do it. They do a combination of a bleach solution and blow dryers, wait for it to dry, paint it with special paint. But all you're doing is it can It can work. I'm not a mold remediation expert. Our mold remediation expert said that does not work. What you're doing um, is hiding the mold. Yeah, because the mold really is It is true you can't paint over mold. Oh, you and can't? No, because okay. that does just hide the mold. Right. You do have yeah. to, like, kill it and allow it to dry out. Right. Oh, I see. First. Um, you can decorate around it. You, you can, can put, like, a chair you can on your frame, the a nice frame yeah. on the ceiling. Yeah. You can nice. focus on You can decide that it's a value. Yeah. But what about the, is there really <laughs> such a thing as a mold registry? Are you familiar with that idea? There's a thing for everything, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> Nicely done. There's a registry for everything. Um, but the one thing, California, that a landlord's not required to hire a remediation specialist. So mm-hmm. you're, the nephew can be fine under the law as wow. long as the uh-huh. nephew kind yeah. of knows what he or she is doing. He doesn't. <laughs> so let's get to timeliness. Um, one time Paula uh, couldn't fix the plumbing over the weekend, was it? Yeah, right. I, I forget. Maybe I discovered that we were having a problem with the toilet. You couldn't use the bathroom. Maybe on a Friday. And so she said, well, just wait till Monday. And now, by the way, I tried really hard. It was only like... Partway through Saturday that I realized, you know what? I, I am going to have to use the bathroom. Yeah. Um, I think That's she thought a, I could just go to a tremendous lack house. of foresight on your part. Yeah, so, I just wasn't thinking. Yeah. Uh, I tried not to eat or drink. But could Paula call, like, is it within her rights to call a plumber and then 
take it off for rent. Did you let the landlord know that you didn't have use of your toilet? In fact, I did. And by the way, she did mm-hmm. say, go ahead. But what if on my own say, look at the toilet's not working. And now um, and it's important that it does. Mm-hmm. Um, can I just call a plumber and then and then bill her for it? In California, you could only do that if it was an emergency. So uh-huh. you know your landlord's out of town, the pipes burst. It would create a lot more damage if you didn't call that plumber in, then uh-huh. yes, you probably should. Yeah. But under most circumstances, you should let the landlord know first. Give uh-huh. the landlord an opportunity to, to fix the problem themselves. Um, okay, what about this issue we were talking about earlier of things that I might, like, what if I were to get a handyman to come in? For example, the tiles in the kitchen are like curling up. Um, could I have someone come in and put in new tile without talking to the landlord? If the written lease agreement doesn't say you can't do it, you, you could. However, again, it's the landlord's property. Yeah. So if the landlord says, you know, that you should have like notified them tile, first, tiles, yeah. the landlord, that those may have been really precious, expensive old oh, please, tiles. they're linoleum. Oh. Um, uh, yeah. We're well, talking about the floor tiles. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah, the floor tiles. Well, the good news is I can pull them up and, and give them to her. Uh, and Without she even can, using and a tool, she right? can keep them under. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. In terms of um, what we were talking about before, normal wear and tear. What if we knock down a bearing wall during normal horseplay in the house? Would that be <laughs> just like just, like a load bearing wall? That would probably yeah. be just cause to evict. You, oh, that would be that would be eviction. <laughs> yeah. oh, we were hoping that, that you would show up and 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 tell Paula that she's within her yeah. rights to ask for everything to be fixed and then. And eviction yeah. is a very hard process. Yeah. But that's not what I'm hearing from you. No, I'm not going to sleep any better tonight a... than I did last night. And I don't sleep that well at night because the wind whistles through those doors. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm talking about the indoor. Well, no, one of the outdoor doors, too. For wow. the most part, it's, it's indoor. Kicking. But, but, but a lot of tenants he don't know that even punching. if they improve the property. Um, I, I met these two guys who rented a house up in the valley, and they installed a pool. They had been there for years. They put a whole pool in, spent $30,000. They put really? a pool they in? They put a pool in. On a wow. rental property? On a rental property. And what happened with that? Uh, they ultimately got evicted, and landlord got a nice house with oh, a nice pool. They got evicted <laughs> for putting in a pool? And then the landlord profited from yes. that evicted. Landlord profited oh from the gosh. It sounds like landlords have much more power than I had thought that they did. I thought it was really hard to evict somebody. Like how long, like when the landlady comes by and looks at the holes in the door and the 25 pets and tells Paula she has to get packing, how long does Paula have? Landlord has to give you written notice first. It has to be in writing. Uh-huh. It has to be for a certain amount of time uh-huh. that's required that by law. cursive? Because that can screw up a younger landlord. Yeah. Because they don't have to write cursive. Don't That's that a good question. idea. <laughs> you don't have to answer questions like that. No. What do you mean she doesn't have to answer questions like no, that? That's a facetious question. It was not. It was. Jesus. Okay, so well, um, I'm just trying to find out how much longer you have okay. in your house, Paula. All right, Paula. thank you. Okay. Okay. That's so funny because one of the questions I, I had, what if I added value to the house? What if I added on another floor or a pool? That was oh. one of the questions I was going to ask you. Wow. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You yeah, would, that question would have appeared in your 23andMe profile, too. Yeah. It would say a it tendency to ask questions about installing a pool. It has a tendency, too. Yeah. What if, okay, you were going to tell me how long I have. The process so of evicting Paula. Me- so it depends on what you did. She made right. holes in doors. Or what you didn't do. So if you don't pay the rent in California, three day, three days, three day notice in writing is all the landlords required to give you. Uh-huh. And then they can just send the pay. cops in. Yeah. If you haven't paid in three days, they have to go through the lawsuit, the lawful detainer process. They have to okay. file a, a lawsuit in court first against you. Uh-huh. Give you an opportunity to file an answer. Go to court. 
give your side. Hopefully you have a judge or a jury who will listen and apply the law correctly. Yeah. Um, if you lose, then the order the order goes to the sheriff's department. Sheriff comes and posts a five-day notice to vacate on your door. Oh and God. then you have at least five days from that day before the sheriff comes back with the manager to change the locks. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It sounds like this yeah. never takes much longer than a, than a month or so. So it depends. It depends on how, how quick the landlord is. How can Paula drag this out? <laughs> yeah. I can refuse the subpoena. Yes. She, can she just refuse the subpoena? Keep talking to your landlord. Yeah. Trying to keep your landlord from actually giving you a notice, going uh-huh. to court, filing an eviction. Yeah. yeah. Keep trying you to work what? it out. When she sees the new cat videos I'm going to make. Right. With she'll your new be wildlife so compelled. photography skills. Yeah. Okay. What if I was reanimating <laughs> flesh in the basement? What about that? What about if I was like Poundenstein? Poundenstein's monster being built into me. Yeah. Which, Science experiments. This yeah. seems like a question that we're not going to get a really great answer to. You don't think so? Well, let's find out. Um, if I were complaining, if I didn't like it, I would contact the health department. Yeah, if you didn't like it. If I didn't like it. But if I made kind of if a I cool liked monster, <laughs> then you might keep me. Uh, what if, okay, if I was a victim of mistaken identity and the doorbell rings, if my doorbell worked, and the doorbell <laughs> rings one night and I open the door and it's someone who thinks I've had a affair with their lover and they're crazed and they shoot me. Oh, dear God. Um, <laughs> Well, and they put holes in the walls. Am I responsible for cleaning up the mess and filling in the holes? Would that be mine? You open if the door. If it was mistaken identity. Good God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. I opened the door. I feel like this is not a useful thing, but okay. Of course it's useful. The only way the landlord could hold you responsible is if the landlord argued it was a guest of yours. You invited that oh, person. And- uh-huh. Into your porch area. Uh huh. Okay. If you didn't invite them, if they're not, you would say they're a trespasser. You don't have any responsibility to somebody like that. Now, if I open the door, does that mean I invited somebody in? It doesn't, does it? Like a vampire type? Well, if I just open the door, (laughs) somebody. No, like, (laughs) yes, I like your train of thought there. So if, no, like, say it's uh, somebody soliciting and I open the door, I'm not letting them in. And then they shoot you because it's Just fact make they're... that clearer then. Make it clear I'm not granting you permission to come okay. inside So my when apartment. people ring the doorbell and it's like, you know, we're canvassing for, uh, you know, Los Angeles City Council member uh, or whatever it is, uh, Sheila Kuehl, I open the door Supervisor. and I go, look, I'm not letting you in. <laughs> <laughs> what that, do you want? <laughs> it's like a Me Too movement. You have to get permission first before right. you, uh, you right. allow oh, them to okay. hug you or invite. Right. Them so what we're saying is, okay, if do you a... think that this cough is possibly caused the by the mold? It could be. Oh man! Because when I'm on like an iron lung, will my landlord be responsible for that? Possibly. Yeah. The landlord knew had an opportunity to cure. Wow. Yeah, he's medical. Oh, now we, now we've got an avenue in here. You'd I've have to prove right there's a nexus between you your don't. respiratory you know ailment what? and where you live. Yeah. You know what I see in this cough? A chance to get a tortoise. Really? I've always wanted a big tortoise. You don't want a big tortoise. I think I do. Well, don't start thinking that you're going to find one in your Christmas stocking from any of us here. Just, it like doesn't matter how much you tortoise. fantasize about waking up on Christmas morning. My neighbor has one in their backyard. They almost run. They move very quickly. Do they? Your my dog's obsessed with it. He runs. My dog runs back and forth. So wait, your neighbor it. has a tortoise that your dog is obsessed with. Yes. Okay. Through through the chain link fence, l- looks uh-huh. at it. Okay. He's yeah. Obsessed with it. Hey, I can yeah. see that. 
Yeah, um, and it runs. The tortoise runs. It, it moves so fast, it's almost like it's running. Wow. Does that make you want one more or less? Uh, less. I like a slow-moving tortoise. Okay, well, you might not get one. Hmm. You're definitely not getting one from me. I'm getting a nice gift from the, from the <laughs> staff of uh, Nobody Listens to Paul Poundstone. Can your landlord come into your apartment whenever they want? No. Okay. What do they have to do? The landlord has to give appropriate notice, at least 24 hours, sometimes 48 hour, hour notice. It really depends on if it's an emergency. Did the pipes burst, like you were saying before? Does right. the landlord uh-huh. have to come in? At the very least, what I tell landlords and managers, maintenance people, is at least knock. I don't know how many times women, it's happened to me, where they just come into the apartment. Wow. Yeah, that sounds intentional. Yeah, I don't like and that. Yes. Yeah. Well, that happened to me case, one time. I screamed my head off. He never did well again. They not bother ringing the doorbell. <laughs> Doorbell doesn't, doorbell doesn't work. Now, I feel yes. like you could probably ask your landlord to fix the doorbell. I think that's something you should do. Don't uh, take my side here. Yes, landlord should fix that doorbell. Yes, uh-huh. and the deck, right? And, and the deck. Landlord wants to fix. So, the landlord, deck. if you're listening right now, we, me and Paula, hereby demand that you fix her deck railing and her doorbell. And what else? What's on your wish? Well, list? I have something else to say to you. <laughs> You know what that is? It's a goddamn tortoise. That's what that is. That's a tortoise. I'm getting a tortoise. (laughs) Well, I've got her her wedged in between my health, my disability as a result of the mold, and my desire for an additional pet. Wow. So you might sacrifice your life to get a tortoise is what I'm hearing. A good tortoise, not a fast one. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Well, thank you, Chancellor, for clearing up these moldy issues. Paula, what advice can you give to renters out there in our audience? In a uh, house band, will you give me some background music uh, for my renter problem advice? Perfect. It's deep. With any kind of renter problem, you need to look at your lease. Unfortunately for me, that means you have to remember where you put your lease. Your landlord doesn't have to bring in a mold expert. They can just have their nephew bleach it. The landlord has to do repairs that keep the dwelling safe, though, so it's not okay for my landlord to just station her entire family around the perimeter of the deck to spot falling guests. If you put in a pool without asking your landlord, don't invite them to the pool party. Your landlord has to give you notice if they're coming over. They can't just walk in. In my case, she can just put her head through the hole in the door. Chancellor Almansor is a public interest attorney, fair housing expert, and the executive director of the Housing Rights Center. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you very much. We're coming to you from Maximum Fun, your home to comedy podcast. Wait a minute. They've got a home? Are we renting from Maximum Fun? Can they do something about the mold on Miranda Street? Well, Maximum Fun rents to a bunch of great podcasts. Let's hear about a couple of them now. And we'll be right back. Hey, we're Ben and Adam, and we're here to tell you about our Star Trek podcast, The Greatest Generation. Why should I listen to a Star Trek podcast? You may be asking yourself. Well, ours is actually good and funny. We joke around. We uh, we have a lot of fun. We talk about film production techniques that are used in Star Trek. We love to break down the stories and the characters, and we just have a blast while we're doing it. It's kind of like sitting around with a couple of buds, having a beer, and talking about an episode of one of your favorite shows. So go to MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to The Greatest Generation. Yeah, whatever you're using to listen to this, just have it find us and subscribe.
I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne, and justice is within your reach. My mom refuses to take my phone calls. My boyfriend says I should take our cats with me to graduate school, but I think he should keep them. In the court of Judge John Hodgman, justice rules. My partner's board game collection is out of control. My sister won't stop stealing my clothes. I'm Judge John Hodgman. I'm tough, but fair. I'll bring you justice, and I'm only a click away. Tipping, automotive etiquette, siblings, roommates. If you've got a case, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Judge John Hodgman is tough, but fair. Subscribe to the podcast today. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. back welcome back all you nobodies out there listening um let's let's uh put a little bow on some of the things we've been dealing with tonight for one these hawaiian chips these hawaiian chips right do you feel like you've been transported very tasty very tasty have not i have not traveled an inch you don't feel like I've you've wheeled, gone to hawaii i've wheeled in my wheelie chair here uh, right. in the ray horseman studios back and forth a couple of inches but i have not been adrift on the Pacific. Well, I'll tell you something. During the break, I found out that somebody has been. Captain Crinkle tells me, who I guess we should now call Captain Crinkle Cut, little potato chip joke for you, um, tells me that, yes, she feels like she's been transported, and the really? secret is you just have to eat enough of them. Oh, is that what and she that, said? That shouldn't surprise you uh, yeah. that it she's was... been diligently crunching potato chips for our entire show. No, but what this it says on the on the bag of the purple ones, the uh, onion barbecue ones. Yeah. That you just when you open the bag, this, yes, you imagine yourself to be transported. You know, one of that the seems things to be misleading. Uh, yes. You know what? Uh, uh, Bonnie Burns has got to be the best manager ever born. But at the same time, I have to tell you, <laughs> yes, she feels transported to an island over doing almost anything. Anything will take her to an island? Yeah. Okay, so she's, it's not specific to Hawaiian she's chips. She's often not really in the room with you. Oh, I've and, noticed you know, that. I, I, she I, calls it multitasking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I call it and, uh, some sort of a problem. Yeah, it might be. Well, <laughs> g- given her amount of extraneous activity, you know, she's always multitasking because yeah. there's always a ride-along noise happening with whatever she's doing. Honestly. Yeah. She put the Z in ADD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also want to remind everybody that our sponsor, HelloFresh.com, you can oh, go to HelloFresh.com slash Poundstone80 and get $80 off. Use the code Poundstone80 when, at checkout, and you will want to get this fresh food and the recipes that come with it. I'm telling you, you know what? That risotto was so good that when you said HelloFresh, I salivated. You salivated. I did. Just yeah. slightly. I salivated slightly I, I when like you that said little, I like when the Hello box Fresh. comes to your door, too, because you know it's oh, like there's yeah. the refrigerator there's, packs and stuff. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know something good. exciting is coming your way if you have two pans. If you have two pans. Yeah. And you are not legally obligated to clean. Let's put it that way. Adam, as you may know. Oh, good segue, Paula. The way we're able to continue to do our show yes. is to grow our listenership. Yes. And we need our listeners to tell friends about Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I see where this is going. Yeah, so I've been providing our listeners with some simple sample dialogue to use in that case. And I actually got a fan letter about that, which I'd like to share. Is this a real fan letter? Yes. You got a real fan letter. I got a real fan letter. Well, this is uh, different. Somebody, yeah, I thought, I, because th- I, you, well, okay. 
Here it is. Dear Paula. Okay. I recently found a good friend of mine where she had fallen down a well. Oh, for fuck's sake. Fortunately, I had recently heard your podcast where you suggested a dialogue that one might have with a victim of a well fall. As it happens, I've been a Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone listener for quite a while, but had never been certain how to share the fact of my listenership with my friends. Yeah. I just didn't have the words. Uh Your simple, sample dialogue really saved the day. Not only was my friend rescued from the well, but she also enjoyed listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone on my iPhone while she waited for the winch to be lowered. The winch. I love your podcast, and I know you can only keep doing it if your audience size grows. Be assured, (laughs) it has grown. By at least one, and I'm sure I'm not the only person who is able to use it. A fan. A fan. Yeah, that's how she signed it. A fan. Wow. Yeah. You know. So her, you her, had thought when I when, when I you did had, that falling down a well one a couple yeah, of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. You was like, oh, that's useless. No one's ever gonna. That's not. Gonna I suggested help. that it wouldn't wouldn't help because it, that would be a bad time to have somebody. Uh, Start listening to a podcast mm-hmm. that not that many people fall down wells. That yeah. um, dropping well, a phone into a well is not a good idea from a safety standpoint for the right. phone. Well, it was or a dry person. well, Adam. It was a dry well. But this, how do you know it was a dry well? Vaughan? This this fan, yeah. Um, this because it worked. Um, this fan uh, was able to use not not only did we potentially save is, her friend's life, yeah, no, uh, but we also increased our listenership. This is a pathetic I, ruse. Paula. I wish you would get on board. This is a pathetic ruse. You might as well have signed it my mother at the end as an excuse. I mean, like, it was just, you wrote that. I didn't write. No, you this wrote is that from fan letter. a fan. Yeah, who who signed <laughs> their name a fan. My mother doesn't listen to nobody listens to Paula Pound, so no, I'm she sure would she never doesn't. write such a letter. No, what I'm saying is that you clearly wrote it yourself. It's in your style. It uses many of your phrases. No, it's, it's do just you a, see the word Pentatook in here anywhere? This well, is that's not new to this. mine. It's not. It's Pentatook. Look, there's an not. emoji over here. This is not mine, Adam. This is a listener that we were not only able to save her friend's life, yeah. but also we grew our listenership by at least one. <laughs> and that doesn't say that did. it's not more than one, Adam. See, it I think been... we've moved into a whole new territory here because you've gone from doing stuff that's... You've got, we've moved to a place where you're just lying to me. <laughs> I am and not. And that you are violating the trust that is between us. <laughs> it's not just that you're, you're messing with me, which you've been doing all this time. Now you're lying to me, Paula, and that no, hurts. No, it hurts, Daddy, even, when you lie like that. Not only was look here, Adam. Not only was my friend rescued from the well, but she also enjoyed listening to <laughs> nobody listens to Paula Bellstone on my iPhone while she waited for the winch to be lowered. <sighs> the winch. Yeah, that is exactly a phrase that you might use. I wouldn't use the winch. When was the last time you heard me say winch? Oh, you say. Want to get time. that winch in here? <laughs> All right, I'm going to sign this out, and Paula, you're going to think about what you've done. My manager, Bonnie Burns, just ate enough chips to think she's on an island. You want to get that winch in here? (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, remember, nobodies, you can always reach us at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com to send more fan letters like that one. Did you hear me, a fan? That's how she signed it, a fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can like us on Facebook at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. We're there. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone. And yours truly, Adam, who has been lied to, Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, that same Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezevnik, and Tony Anita 
Oh, technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special guest to tonight's house band, Aiden McDonald. Not special guest. Oh, did tonight's. I say special guest? You said special guest to tonight's I've done house that band. Before. Yeah, you've been reversing things. And you're opening a soda. What are you taking lessons from Bonnie Burns? No, I'm opening a soda. All right. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Aiden McDonald. Thank you so much. That was just lovely. <laughs> and lovely. thanks again to our guests, Ignacio Walker and Chancellor Almansur. Our head of security tonight was Tony Anita Hulk. Transcription services for this show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Floating down the river on a chip. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned, audience supported